This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Yeah, so one of the more interesting ones is in, I guess, 2016 when they did the River, 2000, or River Anniversary Tour. I went down to MetLife uh, in New Jersey where the giant, New York Giants play. And I stayed at a hotel right across the street from the stadium which you would think would be easy to be able to walk to, but it was not um, because of construction. So as I was meandering my way around, trying to make it over for the fan lottery, which I think was at noon or 1 p.m., I kind of met uh, some people who turned out now were friends uh, four years later, but uh, met them on the side of the highway. They had got off the bus from Manhattan over to New Jersey and were trying to do the fan lottery too. And we couldn't figure out how to get to the stadium. We could see it. It was about 100 meters, 250, 300 feet, the parking lot. But we literally had to walk on I-95 in order to do it. Oh, or no. Google Maps was telling us we had to walk about 10 miles all the way around. So we decided we were going to walk on I-95 um, in order to make it for the lottery. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson, and joining me tonight is another friend from up north. Noah is joining us from Canada. Welcome to the show, Noah. Hi, Jesse. Thanks for having me. I am so happy. Um, recently, you know, we just started the new year, and I reached out my... About every month or so, I um, I send out a tweet um, to say, hey, if you're a new follower of mine, uh, any chance you want to join me on the podcast, let me know. And Noah was nice enough to reply back like, hey, I'd be interested. So, uh, you know, got a few, after a few emails back and forth, we got this going. So welcome to the show, and I'm excited to catch up and hear your Springsteen story. Great, yeah, I'm really uh, happy to join you, and yeah, I'm happy I caught that tweet, so yeah. looking forward to, the, to chatting. So tell us uh, a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, as you mentioned, I uh, live up in Canada, um, live in Ottawa, which is the capital, um, not necessarily born and raised, but I've been here since uh, I was a young child, so this is kind of uh, where I call home, um, big music fan, uh, grew up listening to music, uh, go to see about... 60 or 70, try two shows a year, um, and Bruce is uh, sort of uh, at the sort of the center of that uh, that experience and that devotion to music. Um, nice. Yeah. Um, uh, family life, family, married, uh, with 
Uh, no, single, uh, so 34, uh, and uh, was involved in politics here in Canada for uh, a while and worked uh, on Parliament Hill and now oh, nice. uh, working at... Yeah, work for uh, a public affairs agency here, uh, involved uh, with uh, government and public policy. So, very nice. Uh, we just had a Canadian mayor on oh, just a few episodes ago. Yeah, uh, I'll have to look back and listen to that one. Yeah, it was uh, it was a lot of fun. He, uh, um, we we kind of talked about it. It's a really small uh, town, uh, but. Um, it, it, that was we had a really good time and discussion. I'm drawing a blank on his name now, of course. Uh, so, AK, uh, let's let's. I always like to start at the beginning. So, talk about growing up. You you said you weren't growing up there, but you were in Canada. Talk about uh, what kind of music did your family listen to, and and were they a musical family? Uh, so yeah, definitely a musical family. Both my parents were sort of uh, of the generation in the 60s and 70s where they would go see shows. My dad was involved uh, in the music uh, industry and business here in Canada in the 60s and 70s with bands. Um, so kind of grew up going to shows. There was always music playing in my house. Um, sort of uh, things that I can remember playing, certainly influences from my dad's side, uh, the Stones and the Grateful Dead and Joplin. Uh, sort of that uh, side. And my mom sort of uh, was a bit younger, so she would have uh, been in university during the 70s. Um, so being from Canada, Neil Young was a big influence. Other things that uh, she would often play around the house, Van Morrison, obviously Springsteen, um, and uh, sort of uh, Linda Ronstadt is another big uh, sort of that sort of country rockish. Uh, vibe was sort of uh, the other big influence. Mm. Um, so when you started growing up, did you embrace their music or did you kind of rebel against it? Uh, I always loved music and I always loved sort of uh, a spectrum of music. Uh, so I would say, I don't know, being 35, I grew up Nirvana was a big influence when I was a kid, Pearl Jam. Um, but as well, I always loved the Beatles. Some of my first musical memories are kind of jumping around to, to Van Halen, uh, mm. well, Jump, um, but Traveling Wilburys, uh, Petty, sort of the late 80s, um, Springsteen, Born in the USA, sort of the top 40 Springsteen type stuff that you would hear. Those are some of my very early sort of musical memories. So that's what I was exposed to growing up. And then uh, I do sort of uh, enjoy that less so now in my early 30s, but when I was a teenager and in my early 20s, listened to, to a lot of rap music as well. So okay. yeah. definitely a spectrum. And I was exposed to sort of a wide variety of, of music from an early age. Do uh, That's kind of neat. Uh, any siblings? Uh, I don't. So only okay. child. I have some step siblings, but uh, that came into my life as an adult. So okay. Um, so you had no one influencing you on the plus or negative side. Uh, you just kind of, you know, you found your own way. Um, do you remember when you found Bruce, and what about him kind of spoke to you? Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was always familiar with Bruce. I, uh, and then I guess in about, I think it was the rising tour in 2003, my mom took me to see, uh, Bruce and I was kind of, 
very, very impressed, but I was about 17 and probably didn't have an appreciation in 2002, 2003 for what I was seeing necessarily. Um, and then about four or five years later, um, my dad had passed away and I was packing up some of his things. And, uh, one of the things that, uh, sort of I had found was a copy of darkness on the edge of town. And I had obviously been familiar with what I would describe as sort of top 40 Bruce, mm-hmm. um, and stuff from the greatest hits album, but like Badlands kicked in and I was interested, but then Adam raised the cane kicked in and I, and I, it just sort of spoke to me in a way that, uh, I guess current music at that moment was not speaking to me. And that was sort of, I was in hook, line and sinker, I guess from that point. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, you know, that's interesting because you talk about always being aware of him. Uh, but, um, you, when did you first see him perform live? Uh, so in 2002, so I would have, uh, 2002 or 2003, I'm not quite, the first show, I'm not quite uh, certain on the date, but it was the Rising Tour when he came to Ottawa. Uh, It was a big show here in town. I think it was the first time he had played here since the River Tour, Mm -hmm. so it would have been 23, 24 years. Um, So it was a big event, so we got tickets, I went, uh, but obviously he played a lot from the River album. I don't know, I was a 17-year-old kid. Uh, but then in 2007, when my, my father passed away, that was really when I, I got into Bruce through darkness and then later sort of discovering the full catalog, um, and just sort of that being like, I guess a young man, uh, sort of the full, the range of the full catalog was, was very appealing to me because I find the first three albums are very much about being a young person. And then the, the following albums are about becoming an, an adult. So you sure. go from sort of born to run, and I was on sort of that cusp, um, and then as well uh, sort of discovered Bruce's uh, live performances once I started getting really into music or into Bruce, uh, and then started traveling and seeing Bruce quite extensively. So I think the first live performance that I would have really became attuned to was the Hammersmith show, mm-hmm. uh, just because of its availability on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then from there, a lot of uh, sort of the Darkness Tour, uh, the River Tour, um, just following and, and seeing a lot of the live performances and the variations on, on the way that they would play things. So I'd always been very interested in music and, and been sort of a hardcore music fan and had been going to shows for many years at that point. So I, I was able to develop a, an appreciation quite quickly for what uh, Bruce, but also the band was doing at that point as well. So, Noah, you mentioned your father's passing, and certainly, you know, we feel for your loss, and I, I know it's it's never tough, I mean, it's never easy, no matter how long it's been, but what specifically about darkness called to you after losing your father? Was it the well, music I- that Bruce was with his father, or what do you think? Um, so I think a bit of that, obviously at the time, just listening to it, I didn't know the backstory. Uh, but I think just the, the sound, the bleakness, uh, the idea of just kind of, uh, I don't know, becoming, going out on your own, um, the notion of sort of doing it on your own, um, and getting by just by any means necessary. Um, 
So that was kind of, there was a certain appeal to that. Yeah. Um, and also just, uh, I don't know, there was just something about uh, both the like the songwriting, um, the sparseness of the album and the way it was recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just something that, about that at that point that kind of spoke to me. And then obviously learning more about the backstory, it kind of made sense. Um, but at the time, it was really just, you know, you're packing things up. It was on the days of CDs. So you have a Discman. Uh, this is even pre-MP3. So there's yes. only so many CDs you can put in. And I put that one in. And I was just like, okay. Uh, something about this, right place, right time. I mm-hmm. guess to quote Dr. John. <laughs> yeah. Um, when you... Um, I often say that I think there's two kinds of people the one person who goes to their first Bruce show and goes, wow, that was long. And then the other one goes, oh, my gosh, this has been one of the greatest concerts in my life. I now can't wait to see him again. Um, do you remember which kind of were you in those spectrum? And there certainly is things in between. Uh, definitely sort of not the former. Yeah. Um, so I love long shows. Yeah. Um, but I, uh, so I would say the first show where I really uh, I went to where I I would say I be, was a big Bruce fan uh, was in 2007, uh, and at that point it was just sort of the personification of everything I had watched in terms of live footage, um, and I was just blown away. And the idea of playing three and a half hour shows with no set break. I've never seen anyone else do that. So. Yeah. Um, you know, just, I, I, my first show was a 2002, um, when he, on the rising tour, he came here to Dallas and then, um, I loved it, but I did not know a lot of the songs I had bought the rising, but I had only played it a couple of times. So when devils and dust came out and he was coming to Dallas, I learned that CD backwards, forwards, knew every song. And that was one of the first, that second show, I kind of felt like I had done my homework and I was ready to enjoy the show. Um, And then as he continues to tour, uh, you know, you learn more and more. Um, So I always like to preface this, Noah, that the amount of times you've seen Bruce is not a fair barometer of how big of a fan you are because there are circumstances of where you live, your financial situation, your age can limit how many times you've seen him. But for the record, do you know how many times you've seen him perform live? Uh, yes. 21. Okay. Very nice. Yeah. So it's a, I would say that's a good number. Um, so I know a few people who are, uh, much again, to your point, much older who happen to live in Philadelphia or New York. And I've seen him hundreds of times because they were yes. able to go to like the bottom line in the seventies for yes. whatever five bucks, <laughs> yeah. and to see those classic shows that I now listen to. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, but yeah, no. So I've seen him twenty-one times. Okay, good. Um, what's the furthest you've ever traveled to see him? Um, so I guess the farthest I've been is DC. Um, so Washington. So I've mostly gone just sort of in the Northeast, Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal, Buffalo, Albany, New York, DC, Boston, that sort of, uh, all within driving distance, essentially of, Mm -hmm. of Ottawa. That's nice. That is very nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Um, so, did um, the one of the things that um, I always find interesting is um, you know people trying to check and see um, are, are are there songs that mean a great deal to you that that have as you've grown and and um, you know got deeper in fandom. Uh, are there songs that kind of speak to you that hold a special place in your heart? Um, well, yeah. I mean, I guess Badlands. I, I haven't just said this one yet, but I have a, a Springsteen tattoo with uh, sort of Badlands uh, written in Springsteen's writing, um, uh, as well as sort of uh, some other stuff. But that that song in particular uh, means a lot to sort of... Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, I think the message that it carries uh, to this day, um, sort of about individuals, uh, but also about like society more broadly. Um, uh, sort of the poor man want to be rich, rich man want to be king, mm-hmm. uh, that type of philosophy. Um, but I think there's a lot on. I think there's a lot to pick through on darkness in terms of Bruce's philosophy mm-hmm. uh, that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, so that whole album, I think. Uh, going back to sort of, I think I mentioned earlier, but like Darkness in Nebraska, I would say are probably the two most personal albums to me, the river as well, um, in terms of what Bruce is trying to, uh, say, um, I think some of his later stuff about family, I don't relate to as much, um, sort of, uh, in the early, like human touch, lucky town. Um, I think they're great albums, but sort of, uh, it really be sort of darkness, uh, and Nebraska, which really sort of have the songs that uh, sort of, whether it's uh, like, there's just so many. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, Prove It All Night, um, just in a different context. I mean, that's just such a phenomenal song live mm-hmm. with the 78 intro. Uh, so, yeah, there's, there's a lot. But then as well, uh, I would say there's like the blues summertime songs. You look at like uh, the Wild, uh, that album. Uh, there's just so much there as well that, uh, like, on a funkier level that you like to to listen to. Then you're in a different space. Mm-hmm. Did you um, tell me the story of how you ended up getting his signature so you could get a tattoo done? Uh, so I didn't actually, so what I did, um, is I guess there is, uh, the darkness box set or that came out with the promise. Um, so in there, there's some of the handwritten lyrics. So I took, uh, that and kind of, uh, used the handwritten lyrics to get that done. Oh, nice. Very creative. So good. Um, have you had a chance during the book signings or... Did you get to Broadway to see him? I did get to Broadway. I have not had a chance to get to any of the book signings. Okay. Just because they were very, you'd see them go up and they were very spur of the moment and they were all, uh, he did not come to Ottawa. I think he may have made an appearance in Toronto. Yeah. Uh, but I, uh, they were all like 48 hours notice kind of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so unfortunately, but so I've never had the chance to sort of uh, meet Bruce. I've been close enough to, at, at shows and, uh, sort of GA on the floor where when he crowd serves to the back during Hungry Heart where I've yeah. touched him or uh, done the fan lottery and gotten really close. So. Okay. Well, I did want to mention um, 
you talked about all the different shows you've gone. Um, I'm getting my fingers, I have my fingers crossed for um, uh, one of my favorite friends uh, goes uh, by at Springsteen2WPG on uh, Twitter. Um, she's always pushing for Bruce to come to Winnipeg. Okay. <laughs> and uh, for the longest time, I was I was especially supportive of that because, you know, when I worked for the company, you know, I was like, oh, yeah, man, Winnipeg, that would be a free show for me because, you know, I mean, the <laughs> company would fly me there to visit the center, uh, do everything. So that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, do you um, – is that the only Springsteen tattoo, or do you have multiple? Yes. No, no, no. That's that just the one. <laughs> okay, that was enough, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, um, so, Noah, any stories to share about traveling to sea, or you said you've been in the pit. Any stories or um, I guess, know, friendships you've made while waiting to see him? Yeah, so one of the more interesting ones is in... I guess 2016 when they did the River or River Anniversary Tour, I went down to MetLife uh, in New Jersey where the Giant New York Giants play, and I stayed at a hotel right across the street from the stadium, which you would think would be easy to be able to walk to, but it was not um, because of construction. So as I was meandering my way around, trying to make it over for the fan lottery, which I think was at noon or 1 p.m., I kind of met. Uh, some people who turned out now were friends uh, four years later, but uh, met them on the side of the highway. They had got off the bus from Manhattan over to New Jersey and were trying to do the fan lottery too. And we couldn't figure out how to get to the stadium. We could see it. It was about 100 meters, 250, 300 feet, the parking lot. But we literally had to walk on I-95 in order to do it. Oh, no. Google Maps was telling us we had to walk about 10 miles all the way around. So we decided we were going to walk on I-95 um, in order to make it for the lottery. Um, so we do that, like idiots. We make it over for the lottery, and we drew uh, 61st. So it's the floor of a football stadium. So I think there was probably five or 6,000 people on the GA uh, on the floor that night. So we were really close. So we were probably 15 feet from Bruce the whole night. Uh, so I was actually closer for that show than when I saw him on Broadway. Uh, but uh, needless to say, we ended up, uh, Larry and Rose, we spent about uh, 12 and a half hours or 13 hours together, and I've gone down to, to New York to visit them to see shows. In fact, I went uh, on New Year's, went down to see Fish so uh, in New York with them. So. Uh, that was a, an interesting day, and I just made some lifelong friends. We have a good story to tell. It sounds like a, a Springsteen song, as we uh, as we often joke. So <laughs> <laughs> that's nice, though. <laughs> so we literally met on the side of I ninety five and walked to get to the stadium on, yes. on the highway during. <laughs> so yeah, uh, not working on the highway, but walking on the highway. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's that's awesome. Uh, that's really really funny. Um, so you've kind of talked a little bit about favorite songs and things that mean a lot to you. Um, any other stories from the road you'd want to share? 
Uh, well, I think that's probably the best uh, one. I mean, I've I've seen that that was that was probably if you were to ask me one of the the best shows that I've seen Bruce do because it was the last night of I think a four night stand at the stadium. Okay. Um, so he was trying to play everything that he hadn't played the other three nights. Sure. Um, which meant that we got a lot of uh, what I would describe as kind of the, the songs you want to hear that every fifth or sixth song that he's trading out normally. Uh, the whole night was like that. So wow. got to see a lot of classics, uh, which was really neat. Uh, but yeah, in terms of traveling, uh, I, I actually find uh, the Bruce crowds can be somewhat tame. Uh, people like to enjoy the show, um, but it's like I, I don't have a lot of interesting sort of stories from the road in terms of <laughs> having seen too many hijinks or anything. What do you... <laughs> What are some of the other shows you go to that you feel the crowd's a little more crazy? Uh, well, I would say I, I, I'm also a, a big fan of, uh, of, I guess, The Dead. Um, mm-hmm. So certainly there's a culture in now that's been revitalized with sort of Dead & Co. and that sort of scene. Uh, where it's just a different, it's a different vibe. Yeah. Uh, where you actually see in the parking lot before the show, you really, you see some real characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just... It's a different theme. <laughs> okay, good. Um, uh, but I would say that Bruce is sort of, uh, I've seen Bruce, and sort of Bruce is the pinnacle of uh, what I have been following for 20 years now. Oh, so. Very nice, very nice. Well, you it sounds like you've seen a lot of them, but are there songs you haven't heard that if he tours in 2020, knock on wood, uh, that you would like to hear? Uh, well, firstly, yes, we can hope. <laughs> yes, absolutely. We have high hopes. Uh, yes, uh, certainly. Uh, you know what? The one thing that I would really love to see uh, is the Detroit medley. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one that I've never seen uh, him play live. Okay. Uh, so that that's an in- that's one. I've seen most of, I guess, his catalog. Um, there isn't really anything from the catalog that I haven't seen him play that I really... And dying to see him play, okay. uh, but that one in particular uh, uh, is one that I feel like it would be a real treat to see mm-hmm. it. It's like you have to throw throw the dice, uh, depending on which show on the tour you go see, because you might get that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, anything else that you would um, think of? <sighs> You know what? I've never seen him play uh, a lot of the Seeger Session stuff. Okay. So th- depending on the size of the band that he took out, I'd love to see him throw some of those cuts in, uh, mm-hmm. just because I think they're a bit different, um, yeah. and they get the crowd moving a bit. Um, so that's, that's always a nice, a nice one. I also think that that's just a phenomenal album. Yeah, um, I, I would have loved to have seen him tour Western Stars as well. I'm not sure if yes. you saw the movie. I was going to um, ask you, that was my next question. Have you seen uh, Western Stars? Did you see the movie? I did, yeah. I went to see it in the theaters. I'm not a big movie guy, so it's uh, one of the only movies I've seen in the theaters in the last couple of years, yeah. uh, or films I've seen, in the, uh, but the orchestration. Um, so I bought the, the Western Stars vinyl, and after I saw the movie and realized that they were going to release a cut of uh, of the live version. I was like, I should have just waited and, and bought the live version because it was so nice with the uh, uh, just the way that the orchestration was done and the sound of that barn. The acoustics in there were amazing. Yeah, I, I, I've talked about this on the podcast before, but 
when I saw the video for Tucson Train, I went, oh, my goodness, this is amazing. Uh, you know, I just wish he would tour, even a small amount of tour, and then I hope someone films it so at least we could see that. And then when we found out they were filming West Stars, I was like, okay, I got my wish granted. Um, I, I have spoken that... Um, you know, we're we're there with my wife and um, her sister and her sister's husband. So my sister and brother-in-law, the four of us, we had made it a date night. And so we're in there and Linda reaches over and says, are you just so jealous of those people that are in the barn watching? And I go, yes. You know, and then um, we stay all the way to the end because we were at one of the showings where they had, you know, bonus material afterwards. And they, I looked at her and I go, look, they didn't even just get to attend. They got their names in the credits. <laughs> That's like too much. <laughs> so see, I didn't, I didn't notice the credits, but I definitely had that thought as I was watching, watching it as yeah. well. It's like, what would, what would you have to do to have gotten an invitation to this? Because it's basically like friends, family. Yes. Probably like Danny Clinch, that sort of level of yes. uh, intimate connection to Bruce. And and I have an open invitation. I'm hoping, you know, through friend of a friend of a friend, I would love to get any of the musicians, uh, you know, the violinist, the cello, anyone that, you know, to join me, because I think that would just be so much fun to hear their perspective of performing that. Um, just would be amazing. Um, so, um, what what have I not asked you that I should have, Noah? I'm not sure. I mean, uh, I didn't know yeah. if there was any <laughs> stories. And I, the reason I I ask is, um, I, I attend. I there was a, a a listener. I had a guest on, and we had a great time. We had a wonderful discussion. And then after I hit. And, you know, I thank the audience and I hit record and I end it and I'm like, hey, thanks for being on the show. Hope you had a good time. He goes, yeah, he says, um, next time I should tell you about me drinking with the E Street Band. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? How did yeah, you know? I, I don't have a drinking with the E Street Band story. If, if I did, I would I would relay that. Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, <laughs> I'm going like, hey, I would lead that no matter where I'm at. I'd go like, oh, by the way. Do you know I went drinking like Jesse at church? I don't care. I'm telling that story to everyone. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, well, Noah, then I'm going to ask you this. Um, Jay Armstrong is a friend of the podcast. Um, he is an honors teacher um, in the Philadelphia area. Um, and his seniors in their honors English class, he does a chapter on Thunder Road. And for two days... Um, they take the poem and they break it down lyric by lyric, stanza by stanza, and go through the imagery and the purpose and the whole meaning of the song as if it was a poem, comparing it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Travel. And at the end of that discussion, their test is, does the question is, does Mary get in the car? So, my question to you, Noah, is, based on your thoughts, does Mary get in the car at the end of Thunder Road? 
So I'm of two minds, I guess. So the rational okay. person, having read everything that, that Bruce is, and having seen the, the Springsteen or the, the Broadway show, I, I guess you have to say yes, because if sort of that album and sort of the narrator is his father and Mary is his mother, then yes. Um, but I would have said before knowing all of that, no. Uh, just because of the way that the rest of the album plays out, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's track one. Yeah. Um, and then from there, sort of, it goes into uh, 10th Avenue Freeze Out, meeting across the river, and sort of increasingly desperate times for the narrator. Right. Uh, but knowing what I do, and knowing sort of what Bruce's mindset was of recording that album, or at least what he's expressed about Born to Run, the song particularly, um, and that was sort of his father uh, mm-hmm. and his mother. But I think sort of built the whole album as well. Then if you look at it through that lens, then I guess she may have gotten in the car. <laughs> so um, I think that's a great answer. Um, I've had a couple people, like one person said, absolutely, she gets in the car because on Racing in the Street, she talks about being on her daddy's porch, which is, he says, made the argument that's the same porch that she's dancing across on Thunder Road. And then my favorite answer, and I've got to look up who said this, but he said that Moonlight Motel is that that Mary and him got in the car, drove all the way to California, and that Moonlight Motel is the end of their story, that they had spent a lifetime together, and now then he was mourning the passing of Mary, which made me cry all over again. So what a, you know, what a nice bookend to think that's happening. So, um, but yes, I got you down, and I think that is a great answer. Um, It is very hard to decide, you know, um, the optimist in me always says yes, but I also know there is that um, you can be afraid to make that choice. And that is, you, you know, it's, Sometimes we don't have a little faith. Um, so very nice. Um, final thoughts for me, Noah. Well, this was a, a lot of fun. I mean, uh, I, I guess uh, Bruce has been a really important part of my life, uh, I don't know, for 17, 18 years. It's become sort of a running joke among some of my friends. Um, so sort of uh, an interesting story that... Uh, uh, I didn't tell. It's not really interesting, but it's uh, funny amongst my friends was at one point someone was like, okay, I'm doing my birthday on this night. And I was like, well, no, I'm going to see Bruce. And they're like, the response was, you do realize it's Groundhog Day that day, right? And I'm like, wait, no. They're like, and you're going to see Bruce again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so it, it's uh, Bruce and sort of uh, the philosophy and sort of the the wisdom that I think sort of both his music and he as an individual has provided um, has certainly been uh, a guiding force uh, in terms of who I am as a person. So um, I'm really happy to to have been able to come on and sort of uh, share. Oh, that's great. I've got to tell you one. So I was working for um, a company um, two jobs ago, and um, I had... um, I, I I had gotten tickets, and my son and I were flying to New York to attend. Um, it was the end of the river tour when he had gone to Europe, and he came back, and he did that three-night stand at MetLife there in Jersey. Yeah. 
And so we yeah. were we were going to second night. We were going to be the second night. And so my boss, the owner of the company, my boss's boss, was like, I mentioned, yeah, I'm going. And he's like, you've sure taken a lot of vacation time with this company. And I had been there under a year, but my boss, uh, the guy who hired me, gave me three weeks vacation. And um, he said, you know, this is ridiculous that you'd have to earn it. I'm just giving it to you. Well, he had ended up leaving the company, and um, so my, you know, owner is like, you, I can't believe you're taking off time. And he said, um, uh, you know, I, Brandon, he mentions, you know, the president of the company, he never takes vacation. And I just looked at him like, well, that's his fault. I'm not going to. And he says, and especially, I can't believe you're you're going to see somebody you've already seen this year. And I just said, well, yeah, I'm going to New York. And I said, do you want me to cancel? No, no, no. I just just don't understand it. So what I did want to tell him is that was the fifth time I'd seen him that year. <laughs> well, as you had mentioned it was the second night. So when I had won the lottery, it was that third night. Yes. So we had walked on the ninety-five to to Matlock, yeah. So, so you know, uh, like, but that's a great story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I want to tell me. I've already gone to Pittsburgh. I've already gone to Louisville, Oklahoma City, and Dallas. I mean, you know. So uh, yeah, they um, and my I had a boss named Rusty who I love. But he was he was at dinner with um, some friends, and they mentioned, "How's your new job going?" He says, "Oh, great! I, I I've got this guy I'm working with, Jesse. He's a good guy." He says, "But he's seen Bruce Springsteen 15 times." They're like, "15 times? I don't know anyone that I'd want to see that many times." He goes, "I know," and then I was like, uh, "Do you realize like 15 is like minuscule compared to fanatics?" <laughs> Um, and, 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 you know, I try to explain to him, and you get this, Noah, um, it, we went and saw Brad Paisley, uh, several years ago, and my son and I love Brad Paisley, we just, he, my son, you know, went to college in East Texas, got a love for country music, love Brad Paisley, um, his, the song he did, A Letter to Me, means a lot to Chris, he was going through a bad time. And so we went two years in a row, and Linda, who's my wife, said it was the exact same show. I, it, yeah, you know, know that's that, that's the issue, right? Is uh, for me, I mean, I still love going to see certain bands like that. Like I use, I have seen Black Keys probably a dozen times now. I started going to see the Black Keys in two thousand four. Yeah, uh, but the last three times, I they play the same set every night. Yeah. Uh, whereas, like, I had never seen Fish, was familiar with three songs I had gone down for the first time on New Year's, and they play a completely different set every night. And just the, the ability to do that, there's just something about, whether it's Bruce or other bands like that, where they can just swap out songs. Uh, like, we haven't mentioned, I guess, Tom Morello at all, but I did see the High Hopes tour with him. Uh, and I was really impressed just with his ability to learn the catalog in eight weeks, ten weeks. <laughs> and I tell you what, uh, uh, I know that a few fans were, well, we don't need him. That anything Bruce or 
Niels could have done, uh, you know, but I'm telling you, he was having a blast. I mean, you could see how much he loved playing with that band. And, um, you know, it's the E Street Band on steroids with the horn section and the backup singers. But, you know, it, it was just great to see him having so much fun. And it was just yeah, great was, to see. That was a great tour. I saw uh, two shows on that tour. And, and just, uh, I, that was one of my favorite tours. Um, if only because it felt like they were, it was Bruce Springsteen's jukebox, that tour. Yes. Because they were just pulling signs out of the audience left, right, and center. Yes. Uh, in a way that I don't think up to that point they, that I had seen them do that. No, uh, and, and in fact, um, you know, he kind of started that on Working on the Dream a little bit. Um, and then they did the whole Albums in a Row show. But I agree, during that, um, that High Hopes they were doing that, and um, I was lucky enough, it was, um, I saw him in Houston on that High Hopes tour, and um, someone had a sign for One Step Up, and, you know, and so he did that, which was amazing, and then um, uh, they had um, the Flores brothers, who have been, I've been lucky enough to have him on the podcast, they had a sign, I, I busted my brother out of school to see to the show, can we sing No Surrender with you? And so, um, and if you do No Surrender, Houston, uh, Flores Brothers, um, or 2012, um, actually No Surrender Houston will probably get it, you'll see them jumping on stage and just singing every word, and the band is enjoying them being on there as much. And um, my good friend Sam says this is as a clear example of joy as you're ever going to see. Like if someone says, well, I don't understand what joy means. Here, let me show you this video, right? <laughs> so I recommend that. I'll have check. To, yeah, I'll have to check it out. It also sort of, I guess, brings up another uh, more sentimental story. So please, I guess please. on that tour, uh, I took my mom down to see Bruce uh, in Albany because uh, she had seen Bruce many times in the 70s, uh, 80s. And then with me later, but we went down and it happened to be her birthday falls near Mother's Day. Uh, so it was a Saturday night show. The next day was Mother's Day and it was her birthday. Uh, nice. So the, it was like the Mother's Day show uh, for Bruce. And he played uh, Save the Last Dance for Me with oh, I an, love old, that video. an older woman. And uh, my mom was in, basically every woman in the audience was like in tears or lusting after, like, either, like, in tears about the whole situation or just lusting after Bruce for being such an amazing person. Uh, but it was it was quite a special moment, so uh, I, I, that was a nice... Yeah, you know, um, Noah, I, I've seen that video. I would have loved to have been there live. You know, and he's, you know, he's reading the card, um, and, you know, and so I want, because she is mine, he's like, can I come up with a good song? And then when he does that, um, it's just, you're, you're right. Um, he, you know, and you know he's thinking about his mom and um, what's going on with that. So, yeah, the, oh, I'm so glad you thought of telling me that story. That's amazing. That's good. Yeah, no, I think uh, because I was with my mom, I think uh, it made a special impression on me. It could yes. have been one of those. And I think everyone was almost with their mom just because of the time of year. So it made yeah. the moment kind of interesting. 
almost like when he does Christmas in July, if you get a yeah. chance to see to see that. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, all right. If someone wants to reach you, what's uh, uh, you're on Twitter, aren't you? I am on Twitter, so sort of the best way is it's either Twitter or Instagram. My handle is the same, uh, N-N-I-Z-N-I-C-K. Okay, good. Uh, that is at N-N-I-Z-N-I-C-K. I will have it in the show notes. You can find me at Hang On Nick uh, Noah while I do a little bit of uh, business. You can find me on Twitter at Jesse Jackson DFW. You can find the show on uh, Twitter at SetLessingBruce. We have a web page, www.setlessingbruce.com. From there, you can find our SetLessingBruce store where we have SetLessingBruce t-shirts and uh, Does Mary Get in the Car t-shirts. Uh, from there, you can get our Patreon page. If you want to spend a dollar or two a month, uh, depending on how much you donate, we have uh, tiers. We have just recently started Patreon-only episodes. There will be uh, some bonus episodes that are only available to our patrons. Um, and go to iTunes to rate and review us. Uh, that is how people find us. Tell someone about the podcast. If they love Bruce or if they just love music at all and want to hear good stories, say, hey, go check out Set Lessing Bruce. Um, Noah, this was a blast. Thank you so much. Um, try to stay yeah, warm you, up Jesse. there. <laughs> Oh, I will. <laughs> uh, and so hopefully we will meet at a show someday soon. Yes, definitely. Yes. Uh, we'll have to keep in touch, and I will uh, continue to follow along. Thanks so much for, for having me. Well, thank you. Thank you, listeners. Um, and let's all just keep our fingers crossed for Tour News of 2020. But for now, keep hope alive, and we will talk to you soon. You just heard the fun talking, hard rocking, music loving, album ranking, fan thinking, joy spreading, lyric reading, story sharing podcast that is the one, the only, Set Listing Bruce. Set Listing Bruce is part of the Southgate Media Podcast Group. The theme for Set Listing Bruce was written by David Rosen, used by permission. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points.